Welcome back to the Sully Scoop, where three lifelong Husker bros dive in-depth on all surrounding the new era of Husker football, where our cups never run dry of the roulade, under head coach Matt Rule, made by fans for fans, with J-Sol, B-Sol, and T-Sol. The Sully Scoop is the official Nebraska Cornhusker football podcast, brought to you by Big Banter. Welcome back to your favorite Cornhusker podcast. It's Sully Scoop. You're here with J-Saw, B-Saw, and T-Saw, and we're here to break down the Northwestern game. I mean, coming out of Lincoln, a win. Yes, it was super ugly, but hey, the boys got it done. How are you guys feeling? Well, J-Saw, I'll start this off, and I'll just tell you, a win is a win. Something Scott Frost couldn't grasp, something Mike Riley only could figure out for one season until he played the games that mattered. A win is a win. We played a wow. lot. Of- wow, T-Cell's changed his uh, tune there. You know, You're darn right, talking. Biesel. You're you darn have, right. You have I'll never once said a win's a win. You've always said you got to kill these guys. You got to be much better. You got to be dominant on the field. And the team was not great on Saturday. I, however, have told you, come out with a win. Let's rack them up. We still got a shot in the wild, wild west. Well, Bissell, you didn't let me finish. Here's what I'm going to tell you. We played a lot of pretty games over the last few years, and we didn't win a lot of them. This year, we've played two ugly games in a row, and we won both of them. The record, we got a winning record for the first time in a couple of years. You know, even if it's in the middle of the season, I don't care. We won a road Big Ten game that wasn't named Rutgers. You know, we, we hosted and knocked out Northern Illinois, a team that we seem to struggle with. I'm all for it. We're taking care of the teams that we should be taking care of. You're winning the games you need to win. Let's keep it rolling. A Purdue's another team coming in is a team we should just take care of. I don't care if it's 11 to nine. Let's just win the ball game and keep it rolling. I agree with you. I think this is all about passing the torch and continuing to get some wins here. I told you guys after the Michigan game, that blunder that we had on the field, that we were coming into four very winnable games in a row. And at that point, Maryland looked really good. Wisconsin looked good. Iowa looked good. Dare I say this team, if they continue to play this stout on defense, could in theory run the table to close the season out here. None of these teams are great. Wisconsin's on a backup quarterback. Maryland hasn't produced anything since they got blown out a couple weeks ago. And Iowa can't score more than 10 points on defense. Yeah, but you can't be riding them saying that we're good because we still have a chance to win the West. Every team in the West has a chance. The Huskers, this is an Don't ugly game. Don't steal our this thunder is an here. Ugly- Okay, I am happy they won, and I will 100% always be happy that they win. But this is against Northwestern, and it was an ugly game. The defense is the only thing that you could take away and be positive about. The offense can't score. We're not going to score against Iowa, so there is a loss. Maryland is – they're terrible. They lost to Iowa. So we we got a chance there, and we got a chance against Michigan State. I You got to win one of the next three, but – because I do not think we're going to take down Wisconsin. We haven't done it in years. I think these are your three games. you got to make a bowl game to have a successful year. And before I'm calling anyone good on this team, they haven't beaten anybody. I, I agree with you. They need to win some games here for it to be, for us to, you know, come out and say Nebraska is back. 
And the part that I think goes in their favor here, Iowa, backup quarterback, McNamara's out, right? Yeah, but Wisconsin, our offense isn't going to be able Wisconsin, to score against their defense. Wisconsin, either defense. Mordecai's out, backup quarterback. Doesn't Maryland, matter. Doesn't Maryland. matter. We can't score. Tua's younger brother is the most inconsistent quarterback in the Big Ten. Sorry, Tiesel. Not the best, most inconsistent. You gave him the wrong well, superlative Tiesel, there. Let's get off topic then. let's then. go. Then let's go Name to Michigan Name a consistent State. quarterback in the Big Ten. Start there. J.J. McCarthy. A, he's not J. J. consistent. McCarthy. The guy's Absolutely like seventh is. on the list. With the most talented team me? in the Big Ten, he's like seventh on the list. Exactly. I he has the most don't... talented team, so yes, he's going to have the most success and like that. He's seventh on the list. He's not even coming up close. Dude, card for Purdue is putting up better stats than J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy J.J. McCarthy embarrassed with how he's J.J. playing. J.J. McCarthy and hasn't played a fourth quarter since, yet. Especially since you know he's stealing these plays. He knows what the defense is running out there. The, their defense knows what oh, the other team's God. offense is doing. Yeah, he should be putting up – he should be leading the country as far as I'm concerned if, if he knows everyone else's plays. Why I, is he not putting up better stats? If Patrick I Mahomes kind of is out there – if, if, if Patrick Mahomes is out there and he knew your plays, he's going to burn you 10 out of 10 times. He does have a point. He's not doing that, but that's also because they're running the ball and just they, wasting the clock away. He doesn't need to come out and do that first off. Until and he does. Second off. Yeah, Until okay, he does. Well, then then we'll wait for it and we'll see it then because I'm telling then, you right now. We've seen McCarthy, it for the last two seasons, Beasel. Michigan gets outmatched when they match up against Georgia or TCU. When they get to the playoff, they're outmatched. And yeah. TCU is outmatched in the next the next game. I mean, exactly. Michigan so imagine if Michigan had played Georgia. By Georgia. Yeah. They would have gotten stopped by Georgia. They 100% would have. Everybody last year would have gotten stopped by Georgia. So I don't Ohio know why State you're didn't. sitting here saying uh, Ohio State. Ohio did, did State should have won the game. Them? They missed oh, the Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I miss it? Did, did Ohio <laughs> State win? I'll tell you who they, wouldn't have got stopped, win? though. I'll tell you who, who wouldn't have got stopped. The best three and nine team in the country, in the world. Ever the best three and nine team would have played a close game against them. I'm not gonna, you know, be <laughs> stickering my name to that, Jay Salt. That that's a sticker a that game. don't stick, is what they call that. They play a close game, but they would lose. As, as but that's how I started off this segment. Okay, we played a lot of pretty games, you know. We played a one score game with Ohio State, who was in the playoffs. Okay. What, where did that get us? Another L on the record. <laughs> yeah, but it was we, cool. We, it was cool. At least we were something. We played a pretty game we against. Something. We played a pretty game against the top five Michigan State, and then we punted the ball and they returned it back for a touchdown. Dude. And if they didn't return that, we would have won that game. But guess what? We lost. We lost. <laughs> that team sucked. We were three and nine, Jason. I don't want to hear any more about this three and nine team. I hope that we never have the best three and nine team in the country ever again. I really hope I, that we don't. I agree with that. I I hate bringing up the three and nine team because you want to know what they were? They were a bunch of losers. They couldn't close games out and they couldn't win. Now let's get back to the let's get back to the nitty gritty here because if there was T-Sol a way to lose. Just, they were going to no, lose. No, exactly. <laughs> they were just like T. Sol does every time he opens his mouth. I'm sorry. Who? Has the best? Uh, who has the most passing yards in the Big Ten? Tsol, quarterback wise, I believe it's Tulia. Uh, that would be incorrect. Kyle McCord, second, would be Tulia. Well, I looked below. probably before this week. You know, okay, Ohio State's okay. Been oh, 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 darn, oh, 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 o
So let, let's just hear this. So Well, let's get off on another topic because Kyle McCord ain't nothing special. Let's I, be honest. He's I'm not special. arguing that. But I thought Ohio you said, State. I'm sorry. JSL, can you refresh special. my memory? Where where does J.J. McCarthy rank on this list in the Big Ten quarterbacks by yardage? Can can you remind everybody what T-Cell <laughs> just said a few minutes ago? Uh, J-Cell, you're on the spot here. <laughs> you studied for this exam. Yeah, you think I got this pulled up or something right now? I mean, I yeah. can search it T-Cell for you. Said, T-Cell said a few minutes ago, J.J. McCarthy was seventh in the Big Ten in yardage. I will have you know, J.J. McCarthy has not been playing in the fourth quarter, T-Cell, and oh, he is Our third. quarterback hasn't been playing and in the first quarter. Third. Yeah, our quarterback stinks. <laughs> Both our quarterbacks you might as well, stink. You might as well bust out that SpongeBob guy who goes, Oh, God, this guy stinks. <laughs> because that's our quarterback play. That's how it's been all year. I'll take the wins as we get them, but it's not pretty. I'll tell you, I'll go a step farther, B. So we don't have a quarterback in the top 14. <laughs> we don't have a quarterback probably in the top 18, is what I'll tell you. Just in run the, the ball. It's not that hard. That's that how we've be, won games. That would it be incorrect. In passing doesn't take yards, anything to win the West. Uh, Harburg is currently sitting 13th. Do you want to know who he's ahead of? Both Iowa quarterbacks. (laughs) Well, B. Saw who? That's not Kyle McCord's backup. Who's Kyle McCord's backup? Uh, It appears to be a Mr. Devin Brown. Now, would you rather have Henrik Harburg or would you rather have Devin Brown as your quarterback? Well, good at take. this point, would you rather have take. Devin Brown or Heinrich Harburg as your quarterback? Devin I Brown. Would probably rather have Harburg because okay, I know what he can he, do. So you said he was number 13. So that pushes him to 14. Who's JJ McCarthy's backup? Yeah, I'm, I'm Jack, taking their well, backup. There's a couple over guys Harburg. that have been getting some playing time, but I would say it's <laughs> that's Jack a terrible Cole. take. That's a terrible that, take. I'm next, taking next. We're jumping on the uh, Penn State train. Who, yep. Who's their backup? Yeah. You take... you're taking him over Harburg. Uh, no. You taking him over Jeff Sims? No. I'm taking just about every starter over Jeff Sims. I I'm I'm looking for a quarterback this next portal. I don't care what was promised or who said what to who. I don't care if the guys from Lincoln or the guys from Georgia, the, the you know the guys from Canada. I don't care. We need a better quarterback. We need a better quarterback room. We need. You know, people pushing each other. Who's pushing Harburg to be better right now? He knows it's not Jeff throws a pick Sims. The guy can't hang on to the football. And when he does, he throws it to the defense. Yeah, I, I can tell you right now. I I am shocked. I'm, I'm not shocked that they went with the hot hand in Harburg because the team believes in him right now. But Jeff Sims would have put up better numbers than Harburg against that Northwestern defense. And I, I will stand behind that. I will I will jump back. I will retract my statement in the argument JSL and I had. I will tell you, Sims would have put up better numbers against that terrible Wildcats defense. And B Saul, you know who you he sound like right he now? He would have. He absolutely Do you know who have. you sound like? Scott Frost. Well, did you see the stat sheet? You know? Adrian Martinez is what? What? Are, what is he first in Nebraska all time in passing yards? Best three and nine first, team, isn't he? In the world, best three and nine many, team in history. How many winning seasons did that guy have? How many bowl victories did he have? How many Orange Bowls did he play with? I mean, you got to blame the coach more than the player. I don't care about all time stats with these guys, and that's what they like to say. 
I don't care that Henrik Harburg had a terrible game against Northwestern. We won. Let's move on to the next. Ooh. Here's what I'm telling you. Next Ooh. season. T-Sol, next T-Sol, season. That's, listen, I, I agree with you 100%. The stats, you know, are important to some degree. And, you know, Scott Frost looked at them a little bit more. Um, no, I'm saying they're not important. More than others. I'm I, saying the only stat that counts is wins. Listen, being the all-time leading passer at Nebraska is like being a golden trash can. You're still a piece of trash. Nebraska for years never threw the ball. They were 100% a running team. They were going to be more physical so, and they were going to run the ball down your throat. Why now, are you arguing you want Harburg then? Why were you arguing that you want Harburg if all, you're talking this I'm much trash to, about him? I'm trying to I'm trying to get back to T-Cell here and tell you that Mr. Adrian Martinez is not not the all-time leading passer at Nebraska. Is it still Tommy Armstrong? Armstrong. It Armstrong. is still Tommy Armstrong. What is the guy he who replaced, like 100 yards? The guy who replaced Taylor, I don't know how to throw the ball, Martinez, who also is top three in total passing yards leader, which tells you all I would take Taylor over any to, recent guy. Listen, I absolutely would take Martinez over anybody. Taylor, Taylor Martinez. Taylor, Taylor Martinez. Yes. When it was winning time, he knew how to win. You know how many close games we pulled out because of Taylor Martinez? Yes, and I think Harburg has that in him, but I think that the play calling has just been terrible. This guy can't throw the ball. Run the ball, dude. He's 6'4", 215. Run the ball. He's running kids over. Here's my point with Harburg, okay? Look, he... I don't care if Jeff Sims, if you might, if you think he he might play better against somebody or doesn't or, or whatever you're saying there, Bissell. I don't need that this season. This season isn't about that. This season is about making a bowl game, being competitive. Now with Harburg out there, we're two wins away from making a bowl game. If I start Harburg these next two games, we should be six and three heading into Maryland. And at that point, we accomplished everything we wanted to accomplish this season. So everything else is icing no, we on didn't. the cake. Yes, we did. No, yeah, they're the goal is a bowl hard. game. The goal next is season. to get back to Indianapolis. That'll happen Not next this year. year. Yeah, this no, year is just no, to make the, a bowl. The, this year, the goal was to be in the Big Ten championship game because the Big Ten West is a joke. There is no reason this team hasn't been in the Big Ten championship game the last five seasons with this terrible Big Ten West. Well, the, the Huskers the point are that terrible, making, dude. Have you seen how they have been recently? That's a terrible I've seen, I've seen a coach who doesn't know how to get the most out of his players. I'm sorry, Jason. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that not just the best three and nine <laughs> team in the world? Was that not a team that found was. every way to lose a game? That was a that team was. that lost yes, every game except team. for one. Hold on. That's the, why you can't bench Harburg now either. How many, I got to agree. That's why you how can't many bench those, Harburg. How many of those games did they lose by one score? That in theory... If they had had a coach who knew how to get the most eight out of them, them, get them to win. Yeah, right there. Eight more wins on that. 11 and one. They would have been in the Big Ten championship game there. Correct? But they weren't. because they were, but if they were 11 and one, if they were 11 and one. He did not have the winning culture in that program. I'm telling so you. So right that is why here, they lost. Matt Rule is trying to establish a winning culture. How do you do that? You win Big Ten West games. You get to the Big Ten championship game because Bingo. the Big Ten West is a joke. So yeah, there is no reason. Year one. Yes. Nope. Nope. Signed up for it. He knew what he was coming to because in Nebraska, we grade our seasons on championships. We don't grade them on sprinkles. We don't grade them on bowl games. We don't grade them on nine losses. 
We grade them on championships. And be so you gotta you start somewhere. You, you gotta you, you gotta create the foundation. Absolutely, you gotta start somewhere. And you wanna know where you start? Making it to the Big Ten championship game in the last year of the terrible Big Ten West. Yeah, that is where you started. Be so we're not saying it's impossible. I'm sorry. What did Sonny Dykes do in year one? Oh, wait a second. Sonny Dykes, I believe he took TCU to the national championship game. Are you telling me that Sonny Dykes did a better coaching job? Because I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he brought in. (laughs) He's going to the national championship. Then yeah. Matt Rule came into a team that was talented but lazy. And he is getting a lot out of these guys now. They are believing, they are bought in, and there is no reason they will not be in Indianapolis. I think they're making a bowl game, but I think at the Indianapolis into your a bus. stretch. Into your bus. <laughs> are you getting on the fire train? Are you joining Absolutely. me on the fire train? Listen, if, <laughs> if we miss out on Indianapolis, everything else doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because I can well, tell you right now, year two, in the Big Ten, with the new way that it's going to be labeled, we will not see, we will not sniff a Big Ten championship game. That's not even close. Bowl game. That's oh, a bowl game. Oh, Tiso, hold That's on, false. hold on, hold on. You think, you think next year, in the whole new layout of the Big Ten, that we have a chance at being one of the top two teams in the entire conference? Most definitely. Most definitely. I, you're nuts. <laughs> Because there is no way that we are going to have a better record than Ohio State, Penn State. And, you know, I'm going to even throw Washington in there. How do you figure? Um, I'm sorry. Who hasn't lost a game yet this year? They, got, okay, they well, barely saw, got out of this last week. If you forgot, the Pac-12, the Pac-12 sucks, okay? I don't care so did the got... Big 12, and we got a rude awakening. That's my point. We we own the Big Twelve. Have we came you to the Big seen 10, who and you they've get been scheduling up. these guys? Nobody coming in this year got the raw end of the stick like we did. I think USC did actually, and I yeah, got to tell flying. you this. They're I got to tell you this. You you're saying there's no way we could have a better record than those guys. They did the protected games. Our only protected game is Iowa. Guess who? Guess who? Michigan has protected games with Ohio State. And Michigan State, you know, sucks for those guys because Michigan, Ohio State, they're gonna have to play every season because they, you know, they they lock themselves and into that. I I'm sorry, Tisol. Have they ever not played against each other? No, they play every year. Yeah, that isn't new. They're in the same that division. It doesn't matter. There are no more divisions. That's divisions the point. are gone. It's going so to if be Purdue top two teams, if Purdue who tied themselves with Indiana and Illinois happens to have a weak schedule. Guess who's going to go in over Ohio state. Cause Ohio state had to play Michigan and lost. There you that go. That is true. Cause you got to take them based so, on record that they could absolutely. get screwed. I, it's and, by record. Yes. I'm not arguing that. USC, but let UCLA. me, let me ask you this. You think Purdue can put together an undefeated season? I mean, with so many teams in the Big Ten at this point, you never know what their schedule is going to look like. I mean, you'd have to pull I don't it up, think, maybe. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be really any undefeated teams moving forward. I, I, you're gonna you're gonna look at adding more conference games. It's going to be like the NFL, We're, to where like every odd year you might have an eleven and two type of team. You know, 
I think it's going to be very top heavy in the Big Ten next year again. And so you I'll think it's going to be like too. the East then? You're thinking it's going to change the whole Big Ten is going to be like the East? Yes. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's going to be bottom dwellers, but they're not going to stay at the bottom forever. The the way I see it going, because everyone's getting a, a taste of the money and they're going to be passing it down to all the players. I mean, you're no. saying the Big Ten is going to get first pick on every player, except for the people who are homers and say, you know what? I'll take a pay cut to go to Alabama. Or, you know, their people are paying out of pocket to make up the difference when, when it comes to facing Northwestern. But ultimately, the person who has the best chance at everything is going to be Ohio State because they're getting paid the most from their conference. They make the most in the Big Ten. And, you know, they're going to, the Big Ten's making more than the SEC. So Ohio State's going to have the world when it comes to offering recruits. But the rest of the Big Ten isn't going to be far off, if not even or higher. On odd years. You just never know. Hey, so I'm just telling you, if you look at the way this is going to unfold, Nebraska will not be a top two team next year. Will be good. I'm not taking anything away from, from this team, but I don't see any way that this team is a top two team next year. I'm not guarantee. I'm not going to sit here and put the T the T soul stamp no. of, of approval, saying, "Hey, it's going to happen." What I'm telling you is this: if if you're saying it's Big Ten championship or bust this year, next year is year two, and Matt Rule has shown that he's already a better coach than Scott Frost. He's he's got you know he's got the foundation. He's he's proved everything up to this point. Yes. The team will be better next season than what they are right now so yeah but the team comes out and wins nine games this year you know because they decide to win out or if they go eight and four i expect minimum eight and four next year i don't care who's on the schedule yeah you always gotta be getting better we had Oregon on our schedule two years ago and split with them absolutely the team needs to be getting better but let's just let's just look at this schedule real quick here for next year and just just let's just run through the Big Ten games because we don't need to look at everything here. But you've got Indiana win. I don't care that it's on the road. I don't care any of that. Indiana's a joke. That's a win. Then you've got Iowa on the road. Win. Okay, it's Iowa. Still should be a win. At Ohio State, probably a loss, right? Okay. Are we in agreement there? Sure. Um. So at that point, yes. you're two and one. On the road at Purdue should be a win. You know, we struggled the last time we were at Purdue. We'll see this um, weekend. But I don't. We'll see this yeah, weekend I, how it looks. It doesn't matter how it looks this year. I I'm telling you right now, yes, it, it should does. be a win against Purdue. So you're at three wins, one loss at USC. You know that one's a win. That one's going to depend on a couple things. There, you're willing no, to lock that in as a as a win. I am. Purdue ain't that tough. Or I mean, sorry, USC ain't that tough. And what I'll tell you is this, Biso, if we play them week one or week zero or whatever, and that's our, our Big Ten open and we're at USC, then, yeah, that's going to be an L, guaranteed. But if you're telling me we're going to play these guys in October or November, they're going to be beat up from the Big Ten play. I mean, I, they're just going to be hammered think all correct. season long. But, okay, let's let's put USC as a coin flip right now, right? Is that fair? That's fair. Home games, Illinois, Rutgers. Not signing my name. Win-win. 
So right now I have a total of five wins, one loss, one coin flip in USC. Then you've got UCLA and Washington. We have beaten Illinois in Northwestern. You guys are hopping on the train that we're going back to back in the Big Ten championship here. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm trying to tell <laughs> you that with the new let's settle the down. New set. I'm telling you the new setup of the Big Ten Jason, next we're, year. We're not losing. We are not going to be years. at the championship <laughs> there. Nebraska think- got the best teams transferring in. You think that Washington is this all? all-conference juggernaut, dude. This is Washington's first season of actually being good in like eight I'm years. Sorry. Washington's Didn't they have like been two in... wins like two years ago? Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on, Tiesel. Um, has has Nebraska made the college football playoffs yet? Uh, no, they haven't because Washington has. It'd be so... If we had never <laughs> gotten the same rid coach, of Bo not Pelini, the same program. If we had never gotten rid of Bo Pelini, we would have been in the college football playoff at least three times. I think that's a terrible take. I um, am not going thing, against that take, actually. That was a great he take. He would have Bo owned knew how the to Big Ten West. Take. And he knew how to win. He would have owned the West. you are correct. He would have owned different the West. Different coach, he would have different owned the West. program. I'll give you that. I will, I will 100% give you that. Oh, I really? wish we still had Bo Pelini. I'll yeah, say it. Well, I wish if we still Bo Pelini had Bo was still here, he'd still be losing to Bielema, who maybe, made his way back to the West. Maybe we'd have another Ndamukong Sue. I mean, Levante, uh, David, was, and we could, uh, we could go Ndamukong out about Sue this defense. was recruited by Randy uh, Gregory, Bill Callahan. Randy Gregory Levante was David. brought in and kind of let what he could do. Levante David, I will give Bo Pelini that. Prince? Um, Prince was Gomes. a Callahan recruit. Gomes was a Callahan Alfonso Dennard? We Eric Haddon, dude. Dude, this defense was yes. crazy. What are you yeah. talking about? Bo yeah. Pelini had a way better was team. Great. Bo got the most out of those Denard? kids that Callahan Denard. recruited. He was great. You're making it sound like Bo was this great recruiter. Jared Crick? He knew how to coach. He knew how to win. He did know how to coach. I'll give him that. But I'm telling you right now, and to circle back on this whole Washington thing. We're coming off Washington's program. But... <laughs> Washington's program knows how to of we want to obviously scout quarterbacks in the transfer portal, something that we haven't done. Yeah, you don't need a quarterback. So you just need a guy you. with speed. Do what Bopolini did. Just have the best defense and you can win games. Here's what I'm gonna tell you, B That's Matt Rule's attempt right now. Out of all four teams coming from the Pac 12 into the Big Ten. I agree Washington has the best opportunity to be the strongest when it when you look down the road in 5 years Washington has the opportunity to be the strongest of the four coming in. That's my personal thoughts. A lot of people are probably going to get all hot and hot and bothered by that take cuz they're going to be like, "Well, USC five star, five star, five star." But, you know, USC loses to games they lose games all the time to like Arizona. Arizona USC State. doesn't have a following, so I'll I'll give you that. Stanford. Washington, those those UCLA is in a football Washington team. That's are, basketball. Oregon is going to be the best basketball. of the four. Oregon no. is going to be the best of the no. four. Washington, Washington, With that Oregon, night, Oregon is going to be the Oregon best of is going to be an epic fail. I promise you that Oregon's pro- football program is going I, to fall. Mark my words. I can no, tell you right I now. I disagree with I, that. I think the I think the best thing the Big Ten did was piggyback on the USC and UCLA with Washington and Oregon. 
I think those two programs, now they may not be quote unquote, the premier programs, those two programs will be better in the big 10 within the next five years than you see UCLA and USC. I agree with that. But what I'm telling you is this, I don't think Oregon's going to be very happy in five years that they're in the big 10, because I think they're going to struggle and they're going to struggle against stupid teams like Nebraska. It's it's all of a sudden it's Minnesota. Whoa, whoa, in. whoa. Stupid teams. Stupid teams. Bezel, as you said, we're in the terrible big 10 West. And for some reason we can't beat anybody mm-hmm. in the freaking terrible big 10 West. So we're losing and struggling to stupid teams. Minnesota owns us all the time. I, I'm you know not putting us in the stupid teams. I I think Nebraska is a great team. I'm not saying. Well, yeah, you got to in the Big Ten team. championship. Most I people put would money be thrilled to lose to Nebraska. You know, because losing to Nebraska, you get respect. When you lose to Purdue, you don't get any respect. When you lose to Indiana, no respect. When you lose to Minnesota, no respect. Yeah, Illinois and Northwestern both got a ton of respect for losing to the Huskers. The Huskers are terrible. You guys can't be predicting them to go to the Big Ten Championship right in this moment. Back-to-back years is just insane. We just beat Northwestern, who just – they fired their coach a month before the season started. And we barely beat them at home 17-9. Do you understand? We are coming coming for the State of Illinois Championship here. We want the Bears. Send yeah. the Bears to us. We beat Northern. We beat U of I. We beat Northwestern. We want the Chicago Bears. We should keep playing Illinois teams. Show me Eastern Illinois. How about Western? I'll take Southern. Let's keep playing them all. Judson University, bring it on. And Robert Morris. Yeah, all out here <laughs> reaching into his bag of tricks, hoping that the Huskers get a schedule like Michigan. <laughs> That would be kind of nice, but I do got to say, I think the Huskers would still slip up in some games. That's what they seem to do, and it it's a kind of inevitable. And I that's why I don't think they're going to go undefeated the rest of the way through the year and make the Big Ten Championship. You only barely beat Northwestern. You barely beat Illinois. You're leaving. You're letting teams stay in the games, and it's because you turn over the ball. Your defense is phenomenal, and this should be an eight to nine win defense. But the offense literally can't score and gives the other team the ball. I would rather punt the ball as soon as we have the lead because our defense has that full. You take that Iowa playbook (laughs) and you shove it where the sun don't shine. We have a terrible offense that can't score and that turns it over when we're in our own side of the field. That is the I, worst I part. understand. That's been the MO all season. The quarterbacks do not understand the play calls in the books. And I'm putting all of that blame on Satterfield because there is no reason that he does not have the quarterbacks understanding the reads or knowing that the quarterbacks don't know the reads so that he runs different plays. If I was the offensive coordinator... It would be read option the entire game. If you're talking about Satterfield, you cannot come out of a game four and 12 on third down efficiencies. How does this happen? It is because Satterfield drops back to pass. We either get a sack and Harbor or he throws an incomplete pass. We're already at the, the line of the game. I mean, it's 10 yards. We're at the end of the chains over back further behind the change. You can't pick up a first down then because then we go straight passing and we're not completing any deep passes 
So we're not going to pick up 10 yards with two plays. Run the ball, run the option. Harburg is a big dude, run it downhill, and we should be able to get but, three yards a pop. But not just that, Jason. Why did we open the game with a pass? Yeah, that's, that's the just question. frustrating. That after is everything the million-dollar question. After everything we have seen, and now after seeing that, that is literally like Scott Frost coming out of half in Ireland and kicking an onside Bingo. kick. When we are up, that is literally what it is. We have an 11 point lead. You're going to kick an onside kick. We just got the ball to start the game and you're throwing it right there. Run the ball. Do we have seen our quarterbacks play? We have seen our team play. We're just happy that we have a chance to run the field, but we really want to see the defense out there because the defense is the only thing good about this team. But you know what? I want to talk more about this past Northwestern game that we just watched because again, as we've said, a win is a win, ugly or not, we got the win. And the positives coming from the game is the defense. For me, it's the defense. The fact that we're coming out of this game getting eight sacks on Northwestern, I mean, that just shows you right there that every team we play from here on out has to fear that their quarterback is going to be hitting the turf multiple times during the game. You know what's sad is that our defense did so well, and they started with the ball, you know, on our side of the field almost, uh, what was it, two, three times, that it is unbelievable how the Huskers got out-yarded by them. They got more yards against the Huskers' defense than the Huskers' offense did against Northwestern's defense. And even with those eight sacks included, I mean, we were averaging over two yards per more per rush. And they're out here and they have more total yards. It's because our offense tries to pass the ball too much. They had 85 total yards. Take Harburg and run the ball. The offense looked absolutely pathetic. We are lucky we have the defense we do, or this game would have gotten ugly quick. Yeah, I think that speaks more on Northwestern not having um, Bryant in his, at quarterback this week. I think with Sullivan in, I think they struggled because he has not been able to really have an identity as a quarterback for Northwestern. He struggles when he's throwing the ball um, above average uh, when he hits the corner running the ball, but a rushing quarterback plays into this Nebraska defense's strength. This team is phenomenal. That front seven is great on our defensive side of the ball. However, the DBs, not the best. That would be our weak spot. Those guys cannot hold up in coverage for an entire uh for an entirety of it. If they don't, if the front seven doesn't get any pressure, which thankfully they have been, but you saw against Michigan when they didn't get enough pressure, those DBs folded quick. And so I think that was where Northwestern struggled the most against Nebraska, was that their quarterback wasn't able to hit the hit the receivers when they were open for Nebraska. We struggled because we decided we were going to try and become a pass happy team, 17 pass attempts, way too much. This game, when you break down the stats and you go down the line was way too equal. This should have been a lopsided game in Nebraska's favor. And it wasn't. And that is on Satterfield. Yeah, B. So, and I got to even agree with you even more because when you look at points that the defense gave up, they truly only gave up three points because I I consider that interception at the 50-yard line and interception at the 20-yard line and only giving up two field goals in that is a win. 
And Northwestern also missed. I can't remember if they missed a field goal or went for it on fourth down, but there was another one where they were in scoring range and decided to elect to not score. And, you know, the defense, like against Nebraska's defense, you can't take it for granted when you're in there. It's like playing Iowa. When you're in the red zone, you got to take the points. Period. You got to score because if you don't score, you're not going to have many opportunities unless Nebraska's offense gives it to you. And it could have been a lot worse because we fumbled three times, but we recovered all of them. Absolutely. And I do agree. And it, it's because also the Huskers offense can't score. So, I mean, it doesn't take many points to win the game. It doesn't matter if it's a touchdown or a field goal. The game is going to be a low scoring game. Yeah. And, you know, if we were if we were doing uh, revoting for a defensive MVP, because I'm not even looking at offense. I don't think we have an offensive MVP. I, You know, there's not there's not one guy I could point to and say, hey, you deserve offensive MVP. There's. At this point in time, I might lean Harburg, but barely, barely. And that's only because we're winning football games. My MVP for defense and offense is Nash Hutchmarker because if he wasn't out there, you know, we wouldn't be getting these wins. And then, you know, the entire fan base would be riding Harburg for his terrible play or Jeff Sims for his terrible play. So to me, the polar bear is the guy. He's the star out there. Hopefully he comes back next year because, I mean, this guy's got the potential. He's got the world. You know, he has the potential to be a first-round draft pick just based on his play. I mean, two and a half sacks alone against Northwestern as a nose tackle is freaking insane. I mean, every NFL team needs guys like that. You can't teach size like that. All of them are going to want him. Yeah. Now, T-Sol, if we were going back to redo our – Offense and defense, offensive and defensive MVPs. I'm sure you'd love to redo your defensive MVP because unfortunately, Buford hasn't been healthy enough to get on the field yet. Now, I do appreciate you giving Big Dog some credit there because he was the only person out of anyone who came on the scoop and gave their predictions to pick the polar bear as his defensive MVP. I do think anybody who is consistently played on this front seven certainly deserves to be in the uh, defensive MVP race. And that includes, I'll give, you know, Jazzy Chief Borders has had an okay season so far, but he plays in that front seven. Jason Cameron Lenhart, when he is healthy and has been on the field, has been a Phenomenal. difference maker. Phenomenal then, freshman he is. I also had Luke Reimer, who, when healthy and on the field, has been the heartbeat of this defense. And Where's so he been? I think non-existent the past few games. He hasn't even played it. You're coming out here claiming he's the player of the year. Uh he played this past game against Northwestern, Jason. What about the two, three his first, before that? He's played uh, half the games this year. Half the games. You're gonna tell me he's yes, the player of the year. He was out the last couple of games because he was in the hospital. Okay. Cameron hey, Lenhart's missed games. He's not, the, he's not the player of the year. But you know who hasn't? The polar bear hasn't missed a single game this season. The guy is impenetrable out there. You know, he's he's the big, the big aluminum monster. Nobody's getting through that guy. It's fun to watch the pocket collapse once again because we have a defensive line. Yes. And I'll tell you, B Saul, if if we were if we're grading because because you love to point the defense because you picked the linebacker out there you knew was gonna be buzzing around making plays. But if we point to your offensive MVP, your buddy Jeff Sims has been riding the bench. So I bet you, you would <laughs> love to repick the offense 
of MVPs out there. JSO's guy's out for the season. My guy's out for the season. But I'll tell you what, based on what I've seen this whole year, Gabe Irvin is still my offensive MVP. If I can't pick the polar bear as offense and defense MVP because of, of his defensive play really saving what our offense is doing. That's a great take. I I have to agree. The offenses look terrible, but if you're going to pick a guy, it's going to be Harburg because everyone is so big on him because he is just winning the game. And honestly, it is a big step up from what Jeff Sims was doing during the game. I think Jeff Sims is a better quarterback. He has a better, he has more talent. He could throw the ball better. He's got a deeper ball. He opens the playing, the uh, play calling for Satterfield. However, he just cannot execute, which I think is his ultimate downfall. And that is why we see more of a running style offense. However, I still think there's too many passes during the games, but that's because we have Heinrich Harburg as our quarterback that run the ball. And that's pretty much all you got to do. And Jason, you know, just to put the cap on it for our passing against Northwestern, Harburg threw the ball eight. He had eight completions for 17 attempts, 85 yards. That's brutal. Brutal. 85 yards. That should be a first quarter. I mean, seriously, that should be a first quarter. I'll give you first half in a bad game. That's a complete game. 85 pass yards and two interceptions. That's garbage. But you know what? The team still got together and won the game, but it ain't because of Harburg. It's because of that defense. This game should have gotten lopsided early and quick, but this defense knows how to lock down. It is what I am excited to go to Lincoln to watch is Huttmacher up front in the middle. He's going to be blowing it up. He is the guy you want to watch in the game. He is the guy on defense. He is the playmaker of the game. He is the best player that is going to be there on Saturday. And, you know, to give another shout out to another player who finally saw the field and, you know, finally was thrown in the starting lineup is Malachi Coleman. And I'm just sitting here wondering why it took so long to get this guy on the field because some of the starters above him clearly aren't as talented as him. Clearly aren't as good as him. They're not as fast as him. They're not as big as him. So why did it take this long? Because now we're seeing freshmen start to buzz around on the field, you know, freshmen, you know, on offense and defense, and they're making plays all over the place. And I'm just thinking, like, why are we sticking out there juniors and seniors if they're not as talented as these young freshmen? I totally agree. I knew Malachi Coleman was big. I did not know he was that big and he was that quick. That was an elite catch down the field where he broke through the DBs and he had 15 yards as a gap between him and the DB. It is easy to throw to that. Harbor got lucky to have that guy with that wide open because you know, if there's anyone on that play that's close to the wide receiver, it's an interception. So, I agree with you. I think it's important to get these freshmen on the field. I think the biggest struggle has been them learning the plays and retaining the information and then going full speed when they know the ball's not coming to them. But I need to circle back to something here. Back to when Jaisal decided he was going to call out Luke Reimer for being out two games with a bug that has had him in the hospital. So, Jaisal, let's just Those are two Big Ten wins. Those are our two Big Ten wins. I'm sorry. He missed Michigan and Illinois. And I our had made the comment that games. anybody playing in the front seven has been the most impressive part because that has been the best part of the defensive unit. Correct, Tisal? Is that what I had said? That's and I correct. said Cameron Lenhart, when he was on the field, had been producing well. 
And I had made that comment and JSL agreed because he was like, yeah, you know what? He did. He did really good. He was my pick. Okay, JSL, let's flip it around. Where has he been? Because Cameron he is Lenhart, a phenomenal player. Oh, he oh, was leading the team phenomenal. in sacks, if you don't want to remember. Oh, oh, He's a true freshman, them, too. He is a true sacks, freshman. Leading them in sacks through two games in the season and then dropping off and not playing until Northwestern? What? Where's he been? He hasn't been a part of any wins besides Northwestern. I can flip it around to your way. Except Reimer's been a part of every single one except for Illinois. So before you're casting stones at players, you need to realize that your guys are hurt too. The yes, team but is I rotating am in and they more. are staying I, healthy. I am out here expecting more from Luke Reimer. Is he is a he's a upper classmer. He's a captain of this team. He is a single digit number. However, I feel so like he can he can more he can help he can help when he needs to get in the hospital right to get himself healthy for the rest of the season. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I right, think Cameron Lenhardt has just helped said. out more than he has. Cameron Lenhardt has helped out more than he has this season. Absolutely not. That's a horrible take. Horrible take. It's not. He is coming up with sacks and big games. He is a true freshman. Nobody was expecting this. He is stepping okay. up more than okay. Luke Reimer. Defensive end. Defensive end, right, Cameron Lenhardt. Nine tackles, two sacks. That ain't, right. Nobody expects that from a freshman. Oh. Nobody expects that from a Hell freshman. Oh, he is playing okay. better you than were, expected. You clearly were expecting better him to do a lot. You expected. picked him as your defensive MVP. Than, How much were you expecting expected. from him? Hold on. Hold on. Hold Not on. much, nobody clearly. Was, nobody was expecting anything from a freshman, I believe were the words you just said. But you picked him to be the defensive MVP of this team. Nobody <laughs> expected it except this guy because this guy knows what he's talking about. And that is why well, apparently Cameron you don't Lenhardt know what you're talking about because he's been hurt. And he hasn't been out on the field. Can Luke Reimer's got more is tackles argu- than him. Is it that? Are you, isn't that your argument? Luke Reimer's got that? more sacks than him. Can Cameron Lenhardt help that he hasn't been on the field? Cameron Lenhardt has done more as a freshman, not expecting it, than what we would expect from Luke Reimer to do. Luke Reimer is a sleeping giant this year. Luke Reimer has been hurt, which has not helped him. I would like to point out, however, that the guy, aside from the polar bear, as Tsaw would like to already crown him the defensive MVP. The guy who Not right just now me, the whole playing, state in Nebraska. The guy who is playing lights out and is being overlooked on this team and probably should be named defensive MVP at this moment is Mr. Isaac Gifford, who was picked by none other than Paul and Bishnide to be the defensive MVP. Isaac Gifford has been all over the field playing that rover position. And I will tell you right now, he deserves it. So I'm not going to take it away that Isaac Gifford isn't one of the MVPs on defense. I mean, I mean, really, we should pull the, the MVP from the offense and give the defense at least two MVPs because there's no way, there's no way at all that I'm not giving the polar bear an MVP. So if if we're handing out two MVPs on defense or three MVPs on defense, that's fine with me. But so it's Gifford's polar got bear. Gifford's got twenty more polar bear tackles. off this defense. I don't care about tackles, dude. It's about inter- interruption, dude. If the polar bear isn't out there, our defense will I, fall apart. I don't disagree. Who, who with do you replace him with? I mean, you. like, if he, if he went down with an injury, it would be catastrophic. If if Gifford went down, it would be bad. But <laughs> somebody could fill in, you know. 
That is true. I, that is true. I don't know that there would be somebody filling in for either of those guys. I'd sell this. Y'all, if, if the polar bear went down, I'd sell the season. I'd say, up, oh, we're not winning another game. We probably wouldn't. No, if Gifford went down, you would get a couple wins. You should get a couple wins. I agree. Get, he's, just, get, he's just quick and he can tackle. Even if the polar That's, bear went down. No. No, you wouldn't. No. Dude, he makes too Gifford much of an is, impact on every play. Yes, every Gifford play is making is, an impact. Gifford is just quick, is fast, and he's like quick to get around, and he could tackle. So they're at least going to get some yards. But Nash Hutmacher just blows up the offensive line. It doesn't matter if it's a pass or it's a run. He's getting through two defenders to get in there he and pa- just dude, he disrupt them more times than he doesn't. He's the reason we had eight he sacks against the runs. Northwestern. I'm, he gets I'm the sorry. sacks. Let's let's just let's. He go is back the for... best player on the team. Let's on the let's team. rewind a second. Let's Hands rewind down. a second because I believe yeah. Jaisal said, it's not I don't even know close. why you no, Jaisal. Did you not just say, I don't know why you're freaking out? You beat Northwestern, you beat Illinois. You're sitting here telling me what Nash Nash did against Illinois and against Northwestern, telling me like he did it against Michigan. Tell me like he did against Ohio State. Like he's done it against the cream of the crop. He's done it against bottom feeders. What did Isaac Gifford do special? What did Isaac Gifford do special that won us this game? Nash Hutmacher is responsible for all eight sacks, all hurries, all tackles for loss. That guy blows every play up. He makes the running back have to shift his route. He The gaps close immediately, and the quarterback has barely enough time to pass Um, the ball. That's why our DBs have been able to survive. But we saw him get torched when there was one missed sack when Sullivan stepped up in the pocket. What did Isaac Gifford do against Northwestern here? Hmm. Lettuce and tackles was part of a sack. You know, the the usual. He's leading the team in tackles by a long margin, and he's got an interception on the season, got a sack, you know, hanging around, doing, doing it all. But, you know, the guy's... Guy's replaceable. All right, so let me just clap back at you real quick. He actually had the same amount of tackles last game that uh, Nash Hutmacher did. And Nash Hutmacher actually had two and a half sacks and two and a half tackles for losses. Nash Hutmacher is the player of the game. He is the player of the Huskers. He is I'm one of the top of the defensive. He might, he's he is one of the best team all Big Ten. He is one of the best. If he's not first team all Big Ten, he's gonna he's gonna be robbed. And every team person in Nebraska will be pissed off about that. I totally agree. He is the best player for the so Huskers. He happens, is more important. What happens if he no shows against Purdue this week? Is he, he still Nebraska happen. player player of the year? Then I'm telling you, he's point shaven because there's no way this guy's not going to show up and show out against Purdue. Two and a half sacks in a game. That is unheard of. I mean, this guy is phenomenal. At the D-tack position, he's getting double teamed every single play. Yeah, be so this this guy, this guy's legit. I think he's got one more year. I but... never said he wasn't legit. Look, I don't understand why you guys are trying to make it sound like I'm saying he's not a great player. You're saying all Isaac Gifford's better, and I just disagree with that. Isaac Gifford is good. He is fast. If, if you're looking at the stats and who has led this defense the most consistently, it's Isaac Gifford this year. Who is more responsible for the wins? It is Nash Hutmacher. Yeah. That is all Zach's, I am saying. Zach's if, is Isaac, wins, not tackles. if Isaac Gifford goes down, we still get wins. If Nash goes down, we have zero pressure on any quarterback we're not blowing up any runs it's going to be the same defense we saw last year you want ty so, robinson as the d tackle is that what you're so telling me one star tie 
sacks lead to sacks leads to wins, correct? What you're saying. Correct. Yeah. Um, so would you say Jamari Butler has been leading the team to these wins? But it's not just only sacks. What about it's what about Luke? Total tackles, knockdowns, hurries, yep. Tackles for loss. Stuffs, dude, he stuffs the run at the line of scrimmage a lot. Go look. Have you ever watched the game? This guy's getting double teamed every single play. I mean, it is unfair. He's not getting double teamed every play. All right, we'll we'll have to watch it this game because he is, dude. He's lining up. He's got one guy in front of him. He's. But Biso, you're right. Jamari Jamari Butler is making plays this season. I mean, again, he has four sacks on the season. And he's right behind, or he's tied with the polar bear at number one. So this guy is making plays too. He's clearly knows how to rush the QB. You got to keep plugging him in there on obvious uh, pass rushing downs and let him get home because he's been getting home a lot. A lot of people have been getting home a lot. So, but clearly, yes, especially I, I think that's, I think that's been a key point, which is why I said the front seven's been playing fantastic. Tony White has had this front seven of this team outstanding they are all getting home the sacks are spread across the board here everybody's getting tackles for losses everybody's being disruptive and yes against Northwestern, in there every single play against northwestern nash jumped off the screen i will give you that i want to see him jump off the screen more than one game i want to see it multiple games in a row because you want to know who used to jump off one game and then he disappeared for a few and everybody thought he was going to be no. I'm not even talking Randy Gregory. I'm talking from the nose tackle position, defensive tackle. Baker Steinkuhler. Baker Steinkuhler was one of the top recruits Nebraska ever had in football. And I will tell you right now, that man would jump off the screen one week, and he would be like, "Oh God, he's fantastic." And then the next week, he disappeared. Nash has played consistently, but he is not jumping okay. off the screen. He jumped off the screen against Northwestern, and I want to see him jump off the screen against Purdue, against Michigan State. I want to see it the next two weeks against lesser opponents. I want to see him jump off the screen. It feels like he's in almost every single tackle. This guy is all over the field, and he just clogs up the defense to where they can't rush it down our throats. Yeah, Bisa, I'd give my left arm for Baker Steinkuhler to come back. I mean – you're you're complaining about Baker. We haven't had a player like Baker since Nat. You know, Nash is probably the closest to him that we've had in a long time. Your buddy, your buddy Garrett Nelson wasn't as good as Baker Steinkuhler. Uh, that would be your buddy Garrett. Nelson. Be so you're the one who was talking him up, saying he's going to be a future Pro Bowler in the NFL, and I was trying to talk you down, like you know he might make a team or a practice squad, but you know come down off the horse a little bit. Yeah. Um, coming to all the loyal scoop listeners, uh, we will be playing T Sell's love tape to Garrett Nelson this week <laughs> on the Sully's group, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All of them will get the clip of T Sell saying how much he loves Garrett Nelson, how Garrett Nelson will be drafted in the NFL draft, which he wasn't, and how he will be a future perennial pro bowler which he will not. It sounds like a hot take and all that would come from T-Salt. And I do believe that T-Salt definitely was the one to say that. So I, do we have another hot take coming out of this Jay, week? So we haven't had a hot take in a while. thing that comes out of your mouth. We, we haven't had a hot take in a while. We got to know you got a hot take coming for us this week. 
I don't have one coming this week. I just I'm just calling it as I see it. That's all. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Minnesota beating Iowa this year, definitely this past week, definitely saved PJ Flex job. He saved his job with that win because I think he was on the way out and that that might have secured it. But if he loses another game that's questionable, that might be all she wrote. Yeah, so it would not surprise me, J-Cell, as T-Cell tries to back his way out of his Minnesota hot take. Um, P.J. Fleck was never going to lose his job. If he loses to Michigan State, does he get fired? No. Not after beating Iowa. Illinois. Not after... I will do their Super Bowl. I think there are enough people. What there if he loses out? Love, there are enough people there who have PJ's back and they will say, give him another year. I will tell you right now, T-Cell, my favorite hot take of the season so far of yours is Devin Mockaby having 14 rushing touchdowns. Now, my question for you coming in with Purdue coming to Nebraska this week. Does Maccabee add to his total touchdown total uh, amount right now at four? How close does he get to 14 after this week? B-Salt, I'm thinking he's going to get two touchdowns this week. You've got Devin Maccabee scoring twice against the Huskers. T-Salt, what They're do you have? one-yard runs. I would be surprised if Purdue gets down to the red zone and has one yard touchdown runs. How I got to know, say? guys. What? How many is he saying they're going to have? He said they're going to have Devin Mockaby's going to get two touchdowns against the Huskers. This he week. has four all year to this point. We have one of the best rushing defenses in the country. That's well, my here's point. the problem. Tyrone Tracy's been the sniper for Purdue. He's got five on the year. So, if you combine the two of them, that's nine. T-Cell's almost correct there. <laughs> oh, oh, you hear that? You hear that, T-Cell? That's the world's smallest violin. Playing a sad song because you were given another horrible Beasel, hot take. B-Cell, didn't you pick the Add Huskers to be playing in the Orange Bowl? That was uh, your hot take of the season. No, I did Big not Big Game say James the asked Bowl. you for your hot take. You said Nebraska's going to the Orange Bowl. And are you still confident in that? I got us going to the pinstripe. <laughs> Jason, uh, you have our quarterback sitting in New York for Heisman ceremony if, on a six-win squad. That's so you go ahead and figure no, out that match. Here's the thing: I picked we, up six I am and six, so but I said tired. If B-Sol's picks came J-Sol, through, the Jeff Sims would be I, the Heisman. Shut up for a second. Can't happen so because B-Sol's picks didn't happen. I am so tired of T-Sol throwing out these fake hot takes that never happen because he's the only one who comes out here. James no, set them off. you give you give these terrible hot takes. And then you decide to throw out random things that had never been said. We did not pick bowl games this year. I did not pick the Huskers to go to the Orange Bowl, nor would I have in their first year under Matt Rule. What I did pick was Nebraska to win the Big Ten West and play in Indianapolis, which they still have a chance at. Jay Salt, did he not? Did he or did he not talk about bowl games with Big Game James? He was definitely talking about bowl games. There you go. Called for the Orange Bowl. I think your yeah. your words were where are where's Georgia? <laughs> he said he said that the Huskers, what did you pick us with one loss that we would get overlooked in the the playoff 
and go to the Rose Bowl. So I'm again so glad that your memory is so sharp because you did no, pick him eleven to one. I picked him at ten and two. <laughs> We're getting back. That's not any better. Yeah. You guys clearly don't know what you're talking about. Your memory's terrible. So why don't you guys go back, listen to that episode with Big Game James. Play it on air. I could tell you right now, I didn't talk about the Orange Bowl for the Huskers. I definitely talked about a Big Ten championship. I never disagreed with that. I told you I'd had Nebraska facing Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. In fact, I made that comment to the Ohio podcast when we were on there previewing the season with those gentlemen as well from Big Banter. And I stand by that. I still think Nebraska has a very good shot at making the Big Ten championship game, representing the West, this wild, wild West, because there is not a single team left on the schedule here that scares me. Would you rather have Harburg or Devin Mockaby on the team right now? Harburg. You would rather have Harburg on the team right now. Would you rather have Harburg or Hudson Clark? Yep, that was the next question. Uh, depends what offense I'm running. If it's Satterfield, depends what offense. This guy has 1,600 passing yards. Oh, oh, he's got 1,600 passing yards. He's only got five interceptions. 700 passing yards. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Do you want to know what that 1,600 passing yards has gotten him? Two wins. They have one of the hardest schedules. They haven't played the teams that the Huskers have played. I would way rather have Hudson Card. And you're saying what offense we're running? Hold We've on. seen the Hold offense on. that Satterfield runs. I, I'm sorry. Talking about hard schedules and more yards and everything. McCarthy's got more yards than him, and he's undefeated. McCarthy hasn't played anybody. Uh, yeah, he played McCarthy us. hasn't played anybody. These guys played Ohio <laughs> State. Okay. So and I thought you picked up. I thought I thought Ohio State wasn't scheduling Purdue because they were a sleeping giant. They are a sleeping giant every other year. So watch them not schedule them next season. Well, and you know what? Talking about the quarterback and Hudson Card, we got to play this guy this week, and so we got to talk score predictions. Are we high on Purdue? Or are we low on Purdue? Because Purdue at this point in time is a pretty hard team to figure out. So, Biso, what do you think? What do you expect? Yeah, I think this Purdue team, I think everybody was a little higher on them than I was to start this season, and I think people have realized that there are a lot of growing pains with this Purdue team from last year, that whole new coaching staff, whole new offense, whole new personnel there. Uh, Hudson Carr, while he has played well and put up some stats, it hasn't led to wins. So, I am expecting Nebraska to come out and win this game. Um, I was higher on this Nebraska offense at the beginning of the season. So I am going to, you know, take a step back from my original score at 24 to 14. I'm going to take the Huskers to win this 17 to 10. Yeah, I'm going to jump on there with you, Besal, and just say I got the Huskers in this one. I think the Huskers at home are going to get it done. I don't think Purdue is anything special. I think the defense in Nash Hutmacher is going to break through, and I think the Huskers come out on top here. 14-13, I got a barn burner here, and I got the Huskers squeezing it out. We finally know how to score, how to win one-score games, and unfortunately, they Purdue 
is not going to have to drive the entire field because I see our offense giving up some turnovers. Yeah, I'm with you guys on this one. I I think so far Matt Rule has shown that in games he's supposed to win. The Huskers are favored. He's been able to do that, you know. And this is this is a game. It's a conference game. You're at home. You're favored, although it's only two and a half. You're favored at home, and it's a conference game. It's a game you have to take care of. You have to win. So I expect the Huskers to win this one. 16 to 14. I don't think that they cover the spread, but I think that they win. It's going to be ugly. And ultimately it looks like it's going to be cold and rainy on Saturday. So that spells for uh, Nebraska to really, for their defense to step up and control this game. It's, it's going to be tough for card to throw the ball if it's cold and rainy, and it's going to be tough for Nebraska who already can't throw the ball to do that. So I expect a lot of run and just a ton of sacks. I mean, Nebraska's going to feast if that's what the uh, game time is officially. Yeah, that kind of weather does spell for a good Husker um, play calling here. Hopefully that means Satterfield will um, saddle up for uh, running the ball here and really let us run some read option with Harburg and utilizing both running backs, uh, Johnson and Hopefully Anthony Grant gets a couple more carries. He's been very violent, but very fumble prone. So, uh, you know, if he can figure out the holding on to the ball here, I think Grant's got a, a lot to prove these next couple weeks. Yeah, I think just based on the weather, we're definitely coming out. And we're starting with the pass. I've seen Satterfield's play calling. It is going to happen. Doesn't matter if it's raining, doesn't matter if it's 40. We're coming out and we're passing the ball immediately to start because we're treating Harburg like he's Tom Brady out there. And unfortunately, that's been our downfall this entire season. It ain't just Harburg, though. It's also Jeff Sims. And that is what has led to the Huskers being four and three. However, I think we need to start capitalizing. Maybe we need the cold weather to where Satterfield starts to think that we can't run, we can't pass the ball because it's cold and it's wet that we need to run the ball and maybe he'll he'll learn from a blowout in this game but i just think it's going to be close because our offense hasn't been able to do anything and losing ethan piper and nardine uh newly they're going to struggle to get something going because it's not like our offensive line is deep at all yeah i think the one thing that was nice to look at those injuries jsl was that it forced the hand of putting corcoran inside that he wasn't playing left tackle last game. And that was that was just nice to see. That was that was a personal thing for me, that it was nice to have a left tackle who uh, you know, tried to block instead of Corcoran's old stand there and pretend you know what you're doing. Yeah. I can agree with that. Thanks for joining us for another week of the Sully Scoop. You're here with J Sell. B Sell. And T Sell. And don't forget to follow and like and leave a comment if you want to be on a grandstand gossip. Go Big Red.